trying to get onto the show for a little while now, but she has made some time out to uh, come and chat and of all the stuff from Comic-Con with me. So, ma'am, please introduce yourself. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I made you sound so old. <laughs> well, no, not really old. It's very formal, that's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Paula Gatos, and I am the editor-in-chief of the Tokusatsu Network. Uh, basically, we are a news resource, online news resource for quality tokusatsu news uh, and articles uh, coming out of Japan and anything tokusatsu related. We also cover um, Power Rangers and anything Henshin Hero, anything has to do with tokusatsu. We are all about it, and we hope to be a great resource for you guys. I, I send everybody your way whenever they need to hear anything updated on anything Sentai or anything like that. Just tell mm-hmm. everyone, go, go visit Paula. More than Sentai, more yes. than Sentai. We, we cover Kaiju too, and Chris mm-hmm. has been contributing to us as well, so thank you for that. Yeah, with my long, ranty babblings on uh, reviews for uh, for the film <laughs> club so far. Yeah, we had, um yeah, the film club is kind of like we're trying to get the monthly, monthly by monthly film review yeah i'm a little behind due to the excess of what july had to offer so yes it's it's we're deep into summer convention season and we're actually two weeks away from paramorphicon which is our personal outlets Mm. uh major convention coverage it's your g-fest yeah it's our g-fest yes it's a damn good show too i love going to paramorphicon i have fun that's great there so I have a lot of stories, but I'll tell them for another day. So mm. Paula is here. We're going to discuss a lot because we were both we were both at the San Diego Comic Con this past week. Yay! Uh, it is the convention of conventions, the king of all, the granddaddy, if you will. And uh, a <laughs> not lot of... for the faint of heart. Oh no, no, no! You have got to be a seasoned conventioner in order to really deal with this beast. Yeah. And you know what? This year it was a little more manageable. It's just the damn heat. Was it? <laughs> it was, you know what? I, I've been going for 24 years now. Mm-hmm. And in the 
modern era, the post, I, I say 2006 is where it really start going haywire. Mm. And um, the, in this era of like post G4, where it really start putting it on the map, this was a little, it, it was a little more manageable. And I think it might have had to do with the fact that they really cracked down on people uh, getting in through nefarious means. Mm. And part of it, I think, had to do with the RDIF badges. Yep, that was a new implement, which which we got when I think you and I were at WonderCon. Yes, but WonderCon mm -hmm. was needlessly complicated on their part with that. I mean, there was like every checkpoint you had the the scan your badge. Yes, with the RFID tag. Here, uh, this one is just at the entrances. Exactly. Yeah, they, they simply because I, I I remember going through them like if they do it like this, it is going to cause such a damn headache. And thankfully, thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. Like, we're just putting it at the entrance. That way, you know, you know, you don't need to get it for every, going to every damn panel or anything. Like, once you're in the yeah. building, you're in the building. So, it, it, it did help, but my only, my only concern on that was, like, you sent the badges two weeks out. You have <laughs> any idea what, what kind of a black market you just created? Like, they don't check for IDs. Like, your name is on the badge. It's like, who? no one's looking. They just make sure it's real. Does it turn green? Yes? All right, go on in. Yeah, so. my biggest, my for me, the, the panic ensued is, like, I'm going to be that one person <laughs> that packs everything and then leaves my damn badge at home. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember it when I'm on the train. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. Like it's gonna be the worst. Thankfully, I was not that person, but I did almost forget to pack my laptop, which uh, is that's... made me really upset. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, for, for especially for you, that's that. That's, oh my goodness! It's like having if water I, in the desert. You know, if I had forgotten my laptop, I wouldn't have been able to do any of the coverage or even like upload my pictures just to make sure. You know, all the, yeah, that would have been real bad. You would have been, like, been a schmuck like the rest of us. Like, we're taking uh, pictures we're going to put up later. I don't even have a camera phone that properly works. So, like, everything oh, I was, no. I'm going, you know, handheld with my digital. So, it's like, yeah, we're going to have to wait till I get home. So, uh, but, uh, oh, and, you know, real quick, for those who mm. also, I've talked uh, of Paula a lot because we met by... Through through a mutual friend, Mark Mark you know Mark the the third Beatle the fifth Beatle of the show, but you know the official third <laughs> member of the show, but we famously met at the Chayo event. Yes. Yes. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that event for the rest of my life. No. That was the most surreal event I had ever attended, and I think the best way I've always described it to my colleagues and my friends it was just. It was if I had family members who decided to hold a press conference. <laughs> because I was sitting there going, they had a buffet mm -hmm. with all their friends and family. They had, you know, you had uh, 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 people like coming in and kissing each other on the cheek. There's, there's aunties that I'm showing respect to that I don't even know if we're related. Mm -hmm. I know, in fact, we're not related because I'm Filipino-American mm -hmm. and everybody there were most, mostly Thai. Mm -hmm. And... I, it was just so surreal to me uh -huh. that I didn't, I sometimes don't think it actually happened, but I also have the pictures in the article that I wrote mm -hmm. to show that it actually happened. Because, well, so. I, I bring this up because I've mm. got, I've got, I, I did two whole episodes based around this. When, <laughs> after we came back, uh, we were doing a review of the Marvel Godzilla stuff. And then mm. Mark brought up, it's like, Hey, I was a child. And I went on to this whole, like, dissertation of it about how it was this mad fever dream 
It was almost. Like <laughs> I mean, I definitely remembered listening to some of that because I know I wanted to see hear what you had to say. Yes. Post. I- and for me, like I had to tr- make sure to you know report on it as accurate as I could. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that I I'm very happy that I ha- I do have Thai speaking friends who are also in the press business. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing the when he was when Mr. Sands like was speaking to the Thai press, mm-hmm. what he was saying was slightly different than what we were getting translated. Oh yeah. And so it was really helpful for me. To be able to have friends who would hear the recording, it's like, oh, he's saying this specifically, yeah. because all the we 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 you and I have gotten they're like, oh yeah, he just has a museum with all this stuff, mm-hmm. whereas the translated Thai answer from Mr. Sands himself was, I have this X amount of money at this museum, and this is what I have, and this mm-hmm. is what these people say about me, and I'm like, oh, well, that's slightly different. Very much. Not so. not 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 like totally black and white. Not that people mm-hmm. were. You know, trying to confuse us or lie to us, anything like that. But in terms of like the very simplistic translation that we got, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is even more helpful. Well, and that was, I was very happy that I have friends who, who have Thai American friends who spoke Thai fluently. I bring this, I bring this up because I've been asked, I've been asked more than at least a handful of times about that, mm-hmm. and people are like, you made it seem like it was like a freak show carnival. That everybody was hopped up on peyote. I'm like, that is about the best I can walk. And like, are you sure it was like, I'm like, please, it's, I, I'm not, like, I'm not being facetious about how weird and, and just like David Lynchian the whole thing was. Am I? <laughs> like, it just seemed like, as you put it, it's like if your family had said to hold a press conference, and this mm-hmm. was, this, the whole thing was weird and it had a slight, Tint of shadiness to it too, didn't it? Um, I don't want to project yes. because I know people have feelings about Chayo and what they've done, and and and, and I don't want to create too much of an opinion one way or the other. Even though there's a lot of questionable things that you know have come up, and I will outwardly say that even there, um, in terms of like you know making sure they showed us the contract and mm. and. And, and things of that sort but it was those moments when I understand how very Russian put together press conferences can be mm-hmm. and what was kind of mm, different about them was that Chayo and and Ultraman USA or whatever the, the holding company that they created mm-hmm. they wanted to present a very professional Western and appeal to a Western audience. If that was their goal the whole time, mm-hmm. then what they actually did did not line up with that goal. No. What they were saying to us is like, oh yeah, we want to appeal to American audience. We want to do this and this and Western audience, et cetera, et cetera. And how it was actually executed, it didn't line up at all. Because again, my impression, because I go to you know Filipino American events and I go with my family to these things. And I've seen it put together, and they are, they can be a production, they can be very, and they are very professionally put together. But it was me, I'm walking into a second floor buffet, which they didn't even close off the whole floor. It was still a working buffet on the other half of the thing, which is still surprising. And the, the, audio and visual apparatus that they have, Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I'm like, that's a karaoke machine. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not 
judging on what use what you want use what you can that's cool mm -hmm. but again it was like one of those is this can't be right yeah is what is is if their whole goal was to present themselves in a very professional way and appeal to a bigger western audience then this wasn't right there's a part of me that felt like you and i weren't supposed to be there mm -hmm. western press audience that would have you know spoken about this from our perspective from a western press perspective mm -hmm. weren't supposed to be there yeah that it's, was just a fluke yeah it's only because mark managed to get i think he talked to the right people who were also slightly out of the loop about the whole thing too i believe so as well mm -hmm. um because nobody else would have spoken in about it and the 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 only other people that were there that weren't Thai or didn't speak Thai were the movie I'm, I'm making with air quotes the the, the producers and the directors that they were and yes. writers that they were and lawyers mm -hmm. that they were courting yes and not I feel really bad for saying this but mm -hmm. not to be mean about it you're being but yes to, you are in LA you're being diplomatic I'm very trying to be as diplomatic as I can mm -hmm. yes you are in LA I can be a producer just because I paid someone like X hundred of dollars mm -hmm. that I can comfortably give as a perfectly normal working adult mm -hmm. to a small fan film. Mm -hmm. I could be listed as a producer by doing that. You get IMDb credit for it. Yes. Yes. I have an IMDb credit because my friend asked me to just look at a look at the sky for a few minutes like I'm surprised mm -hmm. for his uh YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I love his work. He does great work. But why do I have an IMBD credit? I was mm -hmm. literally in a background for less than two seconds. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of those things where, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, it, 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 it was made, it, it felt like it was just a way to shake up whatever investors or whoever he's trying to impress either at home or here because what I again I'm trying to be as bad as possible but then like it's one of those things where I, I, I absolutely love how sometimes in order to look impressive mm -hmm. to, to my family back home I look like when I talk about what I do to my family I back home in the Philippines they're 100% proud of me they are very impressed and they're like, oh, my gosh, you must be so successful. San Diego Comic-Con must look so great and blah, blah, blah. And and you're in L.A. And I'm like, I'm not making it rain mm. on a regular basis, yeah. you know? And that's the impression that I think they were trying to just come across just because they had an event, quote, unquote, in Hollywood. Very much. That's Mark and I were talking about this exact same thing where if they were like it, it, everything you said. If they were trying to impress somebody, they would have invited more English-speaking press. This was supposed to be a big worldwide thing, but it very much reeked of, like, this is only going to be shown in Thailand, but we want the credentials that, like, we made this announcement in Hollywood. They were doing an on-the-cheap version of what Toho, every once in a while, they're like, they kind of an like on-the-cheap version of what Toho did for Final Wars. Mm. Like they're like we we want to do our fiftieth the fiftieth anniversary premiere out in Hollywood. We're doing all this stuff, big week of everything. And Toho, for their part, it, say what you will about the film, but at least they made a spectacle out of it. They got Godzilla on the Walk of Fame. They had a 
you know, float in the Hollywood Christmas parade as much as it's kind of cheap now. But at the time, hey, it's something. It's something, okay? And, that's you know, big marketing. Like, yeah. that's very worthwhile. And that's that's nothing to say that, yeah. you know. It's yeah, still, this it is got, very much a very, like, small, small, small yeah. pin needle of trying to make our mark in the yeah. world. And not only that, but they didn't have these super gaudy statues they were selling for a ridiculous amount of money, too. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff, like, the stuff, when they were pulling those things out, my jaw was dropping, because you, you and I were, were on opposite ends of the room. We so were. You were with the, you were over with the, the producers, <laughs> were you not? I was. That yeah. was, that even in and of itself was a total fluke. And the producers were, were incredibly kind mm-hmm. and 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 giving people and there's there's part of me that was like do you know this the reputation and the story behind what this whole production is and i did i i honestly believe they did not no. and that's i mean that's totally fine i'm not yeah. i don't blame them or or fault them for that fault is a better word yeah. i don't fault them for that whatsoever um, they could just be there just to check it out, just mm-hmm. to eat some free food. Cool. Like, it yeah. happens all the time. It's like, cool, I get a free food, like, meal out of it? Not a big deal. I get to just check out what people, like, get my t- picture taken? Cool. Whatever. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> what happened was, I was in the opposite end of the room. I got there, one, way too early. Yeah. Uh, two, got mistaken for being Thai way too often. Mm. Um, got the stink eye when they realized I was not. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of, ah, I see. You are also racist against other Asians. Me too. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not, but, you know. It's an Asian thing. It's a, it's a it's, thing. It's an Asian thing. Uh, it's, it's just a thing. Yeah. Uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 well, so what ended up happening was I sat there, I just picked a spot where I thought I was going to be out of the way, mm-hmm. where I still had a good vantage point, so it was still, like, off to the far, if you're facing the stage, off to the far left, mm-hmm. on stage right, um, and I was just in that corner and then I realized that's where all the producers sat as they filed in. And I was like, Oh crap. Am I even supposed to sit here? Mm-hmm. And so basically I am very good at being the fly on the wall. I wouldn't be good at my job if I wasn't. Um, but I was just sitting there listening to the conversation that was happening around me and kind of just like, Oh boy, do they not know that I'm here as press? I really, whoo, and for the sake of, you know, and it was a lot of, you know, did you see the, like, it was a lot of, oh, did you see the contract they were showing, and did you, uh, yeah, I've just, you know, I got into, we've produced all the stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, this totally looks like Power Rangers, we totally do this, it's like, how's that contract looking, mm-hmm. and then, basically, when they were, they, they, they handed out the contract, um, and the guy was just like, this looks okay, but I'll have to take a look at it later. Because I think he finally looked up and saw me and that I existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did hand him my card saying, hi, I'm this. I'm, I'm a news outlet. I'm covering this for my outlet. And so I'm all like, okay, you know you shouldn't speak what you're really thinking <laughs> in front of me unless you really think it. Mm. Um, but it was a lot of that conversation, like kind of just loud came to conversation. It ended up that one of the producers there, how, cause I, one of my questions to them was, how did you guys meet? Like, how did you hear about this? Um, what is your stake in this? And they were honestly just there just to see what their interest was. Uh, and basically they, the non-Thai producers mm-hmm. 
because there was one producer there that was Thai American, and then he and I think the person who uh, was translating for us for you and me, mm-hmm. he and the host. I think there's. Do you notice there's there's one there was a person who was translating for us, yes. and there was another person who was kind of hosting the thing. Yes, and they both they were both Thai American, mm-hmm. and the person who was uh, hosting. Uh, basically went to the same realist was part of the same real estate agency as the person who was translating for us and that's how they knew each other and they both were like and the person who was hosting kind of did small gigs as like you know Thai American hosting thing and he just knows just occasionally the person quote unquote in the business and in modeling or whatever uh, and that's how he got connected to those Ameri- non-Thai American producers director and lawyer the group that we were with, and that's where that connection is, which is why I was like, this honestly looks like something my family would put together. Because <laughs> this is very much like, it's who your family knows, your family connections, it's the people that you work with, mm-hmm. and it's very much like a family business. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those moments where I was like, ah, this is what's slightly different from how actual <laughs> Hollywood works. Yes. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So this is specifically made for a Thai audience. And I'm like, okay, I was not supposed to be here. I'm really happy I am. Yes, because that just makes it so much sweeter. <laughs> I just... wouldn't say that, but it was well, more, it was mostly this was very eye opening. Yeah, it was a very eye opening experience, and it would make the Chayo Toho uh, thing a little bit clearer mm-hmm. in terms of like the weirdest copyright IP fight of all time. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, did, I mean, after your... Uh, I think I put my story up first, and then you took... Because mm-hmm. I, I just pretty much did, like, a quick recap. Like, I mm-hmm. I was just, like, no, like, here's what's going on, here's what... I believe... I, people, I got... I got emails up the ass from people who were, like... Who were well, in, well aware of the child thing, and they're like... Hey, you know about this? And I'm like, I, I'm look, I'm fully, fully going in fully aware of the shenanigans that this company has had. But I was going in as press, mm-hmm. and I wrote it from just a direct press. I'm, I pretty much reported it. Now, my mm-hmm. personal opinions aside, I'm like, listen to the podcast, and I'll tell you that. So, mm-hmm. um, just in that in in that basis alone, you you went in much deeper, like. The beauty about your, like I told everybody after a while, it's just like, go look at Paula's story because what you're not getting from mine is you. She got you get the whole backstory. I mean, like the point where they brought out the the initial contract while we're sitting there waiting to talk to Sampo. You're like, all of this reads like it's real suspect. Like, but they had the con like the initial the contract that caused all the commotion in the first place. When we're looking at them, like this this is this is bull crap like anybody like with a second grade education would know like this is totally like this is not legit but it's it's suspect it's su- thank you it's suspect as hell so but just the fact that they're you know I, I, to back up the the, the main claim because while you were waiting, well, they, they, they pulled me aside because I went up to go get a closer picture of some of the super gaudy stuff that they had. Mm-hmm. And 
two of the photographers came up to like, oh, you like Ultraman? I'm like, yeah. He's like, can we, uh, what, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here reporting that. Oh, do you mind if we get a picture of you in, in their broken English? I'm like, yeah. Did and you get white faced? I got white faced. <laughs> I got so white faced because they took like, they're like, here, hold this and hold this. About two seconds in, I realized what's going on, but I rolled with it because part of me was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to end up on some Thai newspaper somewhere. Oh, I like out, outside Phuket. And you know what? I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, hey, America's ready for Ultraman. <laughs> I'm holding a model of like Jiras. And yeah. The, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's something out. I've, I've, I've put, I put feelers out that's like, anybody ever sees my fat face out there on a Thai newspaper or something, please send it my way because I would be more than, more than grateful to. Because the, the, the beauty that came out of all that, we have, we got a ton of Thai followers on the Facebook page now because of that one story I wrote. And I have no idea what they're saying, but they keep, I've gotten like, hey, what's going on with this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I, we, st- we, we were, we stumbled upon it and it turned into, it was a David Lynch film come to life. Yeah, it was, it was very, God, was it surreal. It was. But I would, it was very surreal. I, and it was on Mother's Day too, of all things. It was on Mother's Day. Yes, Mother's Day. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm re looking at our the article that I wrote on our site, and I, and for me, I want I really did want to have the background of what was going on, just to honestly make sense of what the hell happened. Yeah. And and yeah, it was Sunday, May 10th. It was Mother's Day, and yeah, I drove out to I... Hollywood at. They told me one o'clock. I got there mm-hmm. at like one fifty-five. I'm like, oh my god, am I am I late? Because I walked up there initially, and I was just like, where the hell is? I walked in. I literally walked into the, res- into the restaurant. I didn't see anything at first, so I walked back outside and checked the uh, the address. I'm like, this is it. And it wasn't until I walked. You had to walk deep into this place where they had the. It's not even at the door. It's like, oh hey, you're here. It was like, no, right next to the table where they're holding everything next to the stage. Oh yeah, this is where you check in. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine me. Like, I walked in way too early because mm-hmm. I, mean, I think I walked in around like twelve forty-five, twelve thirty, something like that. They were there to actually eat, then, probably. Yeah. Yes, I was very, very much there to eat, and it was very odd getting spoken to by. I was like, "Oh, are you here for the? How do you know everybody?" And I'm like, "There was people there with like their nieces and nephews that are clearly bored out of their minds." Oh, very much so. And I was like. Oh my god, why am I at a family event? Like, I don't understand. I I got sat next to the only other white dude that wasn't with the producers. <laughs> and he was there because he was dating the hot, obviously not Thai model, that was the, one of the girls that was used to, to reveal all the uh, the. Toys. Oh my god, yes. And That's like, right. Yeah, I'm like... I, she had been like either like Japanese or Korean or something like that, but it's, I'm like I looked at the dude. I'm like, wow, dude, you really scored. Like she is way above your pay grade right there. Oh dear, why? <laughs> why would you? Because say this that? is what guys do to each other. It's like, dude, you are a slob. How did you land this? So oh. I, I didn't really say it to his face, but I'm just like, ah, is that your lady? He's like, yeah. I'm like, good job, buddy. I'm like, damn. It's like, okay. how did you do this? So. All right. <laughs> Objectifying aside, it, hey, it's, it's move on it's, from that. So what guys do with teeter each off. other? Okay, but anyway, off. yeah. So and then they they threw the translator my way and like we're the three of us have to get together to do like a panel on this because Mark got a book from these people when they came out the first time and it reads like 
like the the um, like the manifesto of a of a freaking like despot. Well, I, I have the. I, I would like to see that book, but I also have his, like, the pamphlet mock-up mm -hmm. for Sunplot's timeline yeah, I got that one I of managed those too. to snag for mm -hmm. some reason. And, it, well, that, because that book's not coming out anymore. The, yeah. Because the company found out, oh, we don't have clearance for a lot of those pictures, but Mark mm -hmm. has one. I've been, I, I can't, I've been, I'm like, Mark, we got, we got to sit down one day, because there is so much gold in this thing. Because he gave it to me the day because they were doing a signing at, at uh, Frankenson's the day before, and I took all his Mark stuff because Mark had to go out of town, mm. and I took all. He's like, if they try to take this book back, run, just grab it. I don't. I'll replace the DVDs. Just run. You cannot let them have this thing back because it's mm -hmm. like only one of three I think exist anymore. And so when he gave it to me two nights before, I sat down and read it. It's it's uh, like uh, two hundred pages. It's a big picture book, and a lot of the pictures are beautiful, but there are some you're looking at like. This this is this is not what it's making out to be. There is some Photoshop. Topic. I love how we're talking about this and not about the Comic Con. I know. I'm sorry. We got way <laughs> off because I just I, this thing was just like you were there. You I could was back there. Up like everything that like that it was a surreal. It was a it was, surreal show. I I totally backed that up. Yes. <laughs> so and well, and honestly, speaking of surreal shows, like I don't know about you, honestly, this Comic Con was a lot harder for me to get through than previous ones. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older mm -hmm. <laughs> or that it was that much hotter. Because I, I knew that there was going to be field of air. I knew that the humidity was going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. I knew all that going in. And then when I actually got there, going just even the five or six blocks because I, I stayed at the Hotel Solomar, which is actually where all the, apparently where all the sci-fi folks stayed at, too, <laughs> because they held a sci-fi party there, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, it suddenly became, like, the magician's party, and I'm like, what the... This wasn't here literally 24 hours ago. <laughs> like, what happened? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, oh, I could just tell a story about that, but... Um, yeah, like even walking those few blocks, like I could not move. Like my back hurt, my ankle felt like it was gonna snap in half. I was losing my breath, and I was really starting to worry that like, <laughs> like I was there's like, something physically wrong with me. Yeah, there's, there's something wrong with me. Like I, I legit because I knew that summer Comic Con season was gonna happen. Like I legit have been working out for the past couple of months mm -hmm. just to get my physicality up so that I can deal with all this, and I was still wrecked. It's like I felt really bad for like my friends because I would be like, guys, just go on without me. Mm -hmm. Just let me die. No, <laughs> just go. It's it's the god awful humidity. Like I've been going, like I said, been going for like twenty four years. I've never, I, I've been there when it's been hot. Where mm -hmm. It's been like, oh god, it's just it's like scorching. Mm -hmm. Those are few and far between because San Diego was always nice. Like yeah. And it's, it's, when we're by a we're by a bay we're by a coast yeah so we get a nice ocean breeze that rolls in mm -hmm. it was ungodly muggy like oh my god it was I I might as well have been in Missouri my my uh, my mom's family's from Missouri like you could jump in I must well be in the Philippines like honestly I was taking multiple showers mm -hmm. and I may take multiple showers anyway because it's con and yeah, it's, you know, there, a lot, is a thing a but I was taking multiple showers as much as I would be like if I was back visiting my family yeah it's yeah you the, oh. the heat it was coming down, it, it, I think it was like 90 to 93 it's at uh, most yeah. points, but the humidity uh -huh. was like 88% or 90%. It's off. It was. It was terrible. And and you know what? Uh, like, my, my buddy, he's camping out to get all the, the tickets for 
the Hasbro booths and all this stuff. And I'm just mm. like, you are insane, good sir. I'm staying in here with the air conditioning, and I am sleeping with a blanket over this. I made a little fort mm -hmm. in front of our AC. I'm just like, I'm staying in here. <laughs> you can like, there are mornings it's like I need to be there early. Nope, I'm staying here because it's just it's too much. I'm a fat guy. It does, the heat does not agree with me, and when you add moisture to it, it's even worse. Mm. It is so I, much worse. I've been thinking like I was very glad that. Doctor Who wasn't there this year because my for the past this last year and the year before I've done Hall H lines mm -hmm. because of Doctor Who and there's part of me it's like after last year I was like never again even if it is Doctor Who and I'm very happy I stopped that decision because never again will I would have even come close to sleeping outside of Hall H again. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be part to go to the Star Trek Beyond premiere. Oh. Uh, it was very cool. Mm -hmm. They had a huge laser light show, fireworks. They had the live orchestra there. Ah, it was fantastic. Got John Cho was legit seated in the section next to me. Oh, I saw him, snap. and like I turned to like my friends and I'm like, guys, if you don't see me for days. <laughs> I may or may not have taken John Cho away from his wife and child. <laughs> We're running away. Oh my god, we're, we may have run away together. I just want to make that clear. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> Zachary Quinto was actually when the fireworks started. He was in the row next to us, and he's just like on his phone, going, "Whoa, this is rad!" <laughs> like taking photos of everything. It was the funniest thing I've seen. But the reason why I mentioned this is because, like, speaking of humidity, we were legit right next to the bay. Yeah, I was dying. Like, I was sticky. I felt gross, even though I was in a dress. And the mosquitoes and I, were out in oh, force. It was just awful. It was really awful. And they brought... The, the seats weren't, like, cool theater seats. They were like legit lawn chairs. chairs. Oh, God. So I was, like, I was stuck. They just peel off your skin when you see... Oh, my, you oh my God. I totally peeled of off my skin. They gave us... It was really cool. They gave us um, Star Trek Beyond cushions mm -hmm. for our... Super world premiere lawn seats, and I was just stuck to those until we had to get up. Um, speak also speaking of people who passed by us, like as we were waiting for the premiere and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, nobody was no one was around our section yet. And I looked up randomly and I like turned to see the, the person passing by, and I'm like, Is that Hideo Kojima? Like, what the why are you here? <laughs> it's Comic Con, I know, but like. Hideo Kojima. He's, he's on the DL and he just wants yes. to hang out. He just uh, wants to hang out. He was, he, was just, out, he was in town last year too. Oh my god, it was so funny. Mm -hmm. Like, of all the places I could have seen this man in person, and I, I mean, I haven't played any of the Metal Gears, but I know who he is, and, and I love that he loves Toku. And I'm just like, I, that's I, fucking Hideo Kojima. Yeah, <laughs> I briefly bumped into him at the Final Wars premiere. Oh, that's so he's funny. He's a tiny man, but there is an aura about him, though. You're like, yeah, oh, right? Hideo Kojima. Like there's hey. something about him. Like he he draws your eye. He draws your eye to him. <laughs> and like pointed out to like my friend of all like, dude, he's like, what the fuck is that Hideo Kojima? Like, yeah, it's fucking Hideo Kojima. It is. It's legit. It's but yeah, the movie was great. Um, that's, that's good because I I was hoping I was hoping for good things. I I didn't like the first one. I actually liked the second one, and I love the Fast and Furious movies. So mm -hmm. anything and and um, uh, Justin Lin goes to my alma mater high school of Cypress High. That's nice. I was I was there when he was filming his first film, um, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. He filmed it while yeah he, yeah he filmed it at my school like because that's he graduated like three years before me, so he came back and filmed the whole mm -hmm. thing. like there's my all my buddies are in that movie like we're we're all over the place because he filmed it 
like six weeks there. So I I love Better Tomorrow was one of the first kind of like well in terms of like diversity in films. Like it was the first time I actually saw myself mm-hmm. and my friends in a movie, that kind of thing. Yeah. Also, John Cho. Oh yeah. Oh, very much so. And uh, not oh. only that, but um. Oh, good. Uh, from uh, Han. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in it too. Which secretly same character. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people know I, that. I, I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was like not the only. So that was like that was on what Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Was it Wednesday night? I, was it preview night that they did? Or was I it think Thursday it was night? preview night. Let me look at my Instagram. All right. In the meantime, on, uh, on your side too, what, Lionsgate showed up, but they didn't have a panel, did they? Uh, they didn't. I don't think they had a panel. What the thing about? In terms of uh, our coverage, was that there wasn't really <laughs> there wasn't really much in terms of uh, any kind of like Power Rangers news news, except for the fact that they were one hundred percent pushing the movie, mm-hmm. which I am totally okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they every year what Saban usually does is what's called a Ranger Suite, and they have like they just take out a suite at a at an hotel, mm-hmm. and that's where they do most of their press junkets, which is great. Because you get to meet the new cast, you get to talk to the, the previous year's cast, and and this year they had none of that, mm-hmm. which I was actually really surprised because I was looking forward to it, but at the same time, it was very much understandable because they really wanted to push this movie, which was coming out in March of next year. Yeah. And so they had the Lionsgate booth, which had the huge Power Rangers movie uh, banner on top of it. They had the helmets that was there. They had the coins that are actually 3D printed and you could actually get your own 3D printed power coins um, made in like an hour, which is kind of really rad. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their the cast go to various panels. And it's just the Ranger cast, so the five cast. It wasn't um, Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks and Brian Cranston weren't there to do any of the press. The people that cost money. Well, they, yeah, <laughs> they would have. Yeah. Um, and so it was mostly like the main cast, which is still really good because that's always been kind of like the core Power Rangers just period. Yeah. Has always been the five diverse core cast. Mm-hmm. Five or six, I should say. Diverse cast. Oh, I'm hoping. Which is really good. So they had a panel. They had a, a Geek and Sundry panel mm-hmm. um, at Petco Park, which is really cool. Um, they had the Screen Junkies panel. Um, and in terms of other Power Rangers... Uh, 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 presence. Mm-hmm. There was the Bandai booth, which had the Legacy um, exclusives. The Legacy Morphers were there. The Communicators were there. Um, Boom Studios, because they have the Power Rangers comics now. Quietly, so, quietly one of the best books on the market. Yes, one hundred percent. And so, arguably, not even that quiet because mm-hmm. it's good. It's awesome. It's really good the writing is incredible and what i love kyle hagan speaks says this it's kind of like his stump speech i would say Mm. but and i'm totally okay with it is that he basically wanted to create when he was watching power rangers uh kyle higgins is the writer um for the series he he's done nightwing and things like that he wanted to create when he was watching the watching the show as a kid he could just tell that you know, one day, one episode, Tommy is evil. Mm-hmm. The next episode, he breaks evil. And the third episode, he's just 100% in the team, part of the team, mm-hmm. works cohesively, things like that. And so what he did with the comic was right in between him breaking away from Rita mm-hmm. and before he becomes 100% meshed 
into the team. It's genius. It's it's, absolute genius. It's ridiculously amazing. The design for it is really great. Um, I've had the honor, I should say, to highlight some of the cover artists for it. Um, Goni Montez uh, does kind of the iconic. When they were teasing, when when Boom Studios uh, teased the comic last year, uh, they had the limited edition uh, prints, the cover prints of like the the team holding the, their helmets, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been such a gorgeous design. They've they've re reissued variations of that as different variants. So you have a Rita one holding the Green Ranger helmet. Yes, you have uh, uh, the Green Ranger holding his uh, dragon dagger, and, and for the this sword cr- too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and for the current one, for their Comic-Con exclusive for this year, was uh, for issue five, the variant, Comic-Con exclusive variant, was um, the Black Ranger, the armored, armored mm-hmm. Black Ranger holding his helmet. And what I love, and I, can, I haven't read the issue yet, and I'm really looking forward to it now, um, was that when they were talking about it in the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin panel, mm-hmm. which was hosted by, who was actually hosted by... Um, Yoshi Sudarso, who who plays the blue Dino Charge Ranger, okay, um, which is really cool, and uh, and I'll mention this in a second. But Kyle mentioned in that in talking about that con exclusive variant was that his idea for that variant was that what if Tommy wasn't the first Ranger Rita went after, mm-hmm. and that where everyone was like, whoa, that's cool, yeah, yeah <laughs> like got, that's really cool. The diamond kind of spoiled that a little bit like three mm-hmm. months ago i'm just I mean, like ooh, but yeah it, it makes it just anticipate even more so mm-hmm. what was also really cool was that they also had while bef- the the issue came out today today is wednesday the 27th as we're recording this mm-hmm. um and and the issue number two for the pink solo series came out today and what was cool about that was that they had the issues already available at comic-con last week which is great it is uh, and so we were able to buy it there. And some of the variants, I would say, like, in terms of boom for the Power Rangers, anybody who's worked on a variant cover on Power Rangers is amazeballs. They are. Like, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping, my fingers crossed, that um, they would be interested in doing artist features with us because Tokunet has a bi-weekly-ish I took a break for July because July is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, monthly artist, fe- uh, bi-weekly artist feature, which I just basically talk about the artists who are tokusatsu inspired. Um, we've, we've talked to Matt Frank before. We've talked to Thomas Perkins a lot, um, who worked on the Godzilla uh, cartoon mm-hmm. about their process and what has toku meant as part of their process. We also talked to Jordan Gibson, who's a big tokusatsu fan, but he's done, he's done color work on like Howard the Duck on comic for Marvel and, and things like that. So really, I really, really want to talk to all the variant artists for the Boom Studios Power Rangers line because their work is amazing. It is. I And the interior art on that is mm-hmm. fantastic. Like, I, I initially wasn't... Like, last year, they had the, the little preview, like, blind bags you could buy. Mm-hmm. Or it was just the covers. Pretty much the prints. They were prints with the little They're comic prints, in the back. Yes. and. When I was looking through these things, I'm like, the comic in the back, like, no offense, but it was just like, wow, this is what they're doing? I th- I, it seemed like they're going more towards the kitty stuff the Boom is known for. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, that's fine. So turns out that a lot of people wanted them. So I'm like, well, I could keep these. I spent 100 bucks on them. Or I turned around and flipped them for like $500. Mm-hmm. 
This was insane. <laughs> I'm like, you are you kidding me? Okay, whatever. It's your money. But someone had gotten issue zero, and I'm like, dude, you really need to look at this. And this is very yeah. good. And I picked it up, and I'm like, uh, damn it, I'm going to have to put this on my pull list. And now it's the, that, Scooby-Doo, Apoc or Scooby Apocalypse, and uh, what is it? Um, oh, my God, there's one more. Oh, Jim and the Holograms. Those are the three books I look forward to the most every month. Yeah, Jim was a surprise for me, too. And we can talk about comics oh, yeah, in another yeah. podcast. But yeah. in terms of what the what Boom Studios is offering, mm -hmm. um, their panel, in term, they, they've, and surprisingly, they actually, it's very similar to the panel that they held at WonderCon, mm -hmm. where it's Kyle Higgins. Uh, I'm going to look for his card right now uh, <laughs> because I, I don't want to mispronounce his name. Um his name is Jason, and he is the person who does, who's kind of in charge of global consumer products for Saban and things like that. And which they basically just talked about adapting Power Rangers as a comics feature. And as much as you mentioned that, you know, Boom is very much well known for, they skew a little younger mm -hmm. in terms of their audience and in terms of the IP that they use. What I really like and what I've found for some of, a lot of Boom's line is that they really are really, really good at telling really dense stories that you don't expect exactly in a line that tends to skew a little younger mm -hmm. which i really appreciate yeah. because you want younger fans you want younger comics readers um but at the same time you also got to kind of like you have to kind of cater to the people that grew up on it as well i mean they're doing the og cast that was 20 years ago like their kids who are like their parents were were like 12 or 13 when that show came out that you know they're now watching like Dino Charger and they're like wait how long ago like this is like really old looking stuff so but you know and that that's that's why I, I, I drifted to that I'm like they're doing the OG cast and it's told and it, like the way that Kyle writes it, it's like how I always felt like if they were to re, like, redo that story today it's written mm -hmm. like, from like a, a it's there's nothing that like a kid can't read out of it, but it it, it aims a little higher. Like it aims for mm -hmm. a little more mature. So, and it, mm -hmm. it's nice to have have something that's not it's taken it, something that's people kind of look at kind of silly, but at least it's taken seriously and it's and it's taken on a level where it's like if it was told today, it would be done for better or worse terms. Well, the thing about what Kyle is always emphasize whenever I've been able to, you know, ask him about it. Uh, I, I spoke to him when when the when it launched in January. Mm -hmm. uh, gallery Nucleus, which is a local art gallery near here, held kind of a Power Rangers tribute art show and I was able to talk to Kyle for the first time there um, about it. The interview is on Tokenet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh a lot of the things that he's spoken to about was that he really just wanted to make a good superhero comic. Yeah. That isn't really like, you don't, you, some people don't think like, sometimes it's really difficult to think that Power Rangers, because of the reputation that it has, in terms of like, oh, it's like a really old show and it's like for kids and yada, yada, yada. That's a superhero show. It is. Like, come on. Yeah. Capes are not a new thing. Nope. Like, you don't need. That I mean, whatever. Um, and so, him—if it reads a little higher—that's mm -hmm. probably what you're getting. 
there, he wanted to make a really dense, proper superhero shows because you are a teenager, and how the hell do you deal with everything being a teenager and being a superhero? It's like it's uh, Power Rangers would be what I would recommend if I was still teaching at my high school mm-hmm. because it's dealing with the same issues that my older teens are dealing with, and deal and and in terms of like dealing with that kind of responsibility and how do you mesh with trauma or responsibilities and things like that and what i like too about the pink spinoff mm-hmm. is that it deals with it how does kimberly deal with a team when she's not there because she this kimberly spinoff takes place after she's left the show yeah and, they, and, and i they, love it and they it's sti- so good and they stick to continuity too like mm-hmm. they, they're there's like i'm i'm reading i'm there's part of me that's like i haven't watched the original show in a few years but it's very deep like i got all my zords mm-hmm. and everything still like mm-hmm. so i'm very like when they're bringing stuff like that there's a little bit of me that's like goes <laughs> like, like yeah did they oh, up the sword? They all, the, all the zeo stuff like this is in the zeo era which is my favorite show too i love mm-hmm. zeo is my absolute favorite so when they're going off that i'm like oh my god this is beautiful it is mm-hmm. so beautiful so yeah <laughs> and not only that but it's written by uh it's co-written by kelly by uh kelly thompson i absolutely love yes. her work yeah absolutely. she she makes great Really great stuff. Yes. Kelly Thompson and Brendan Fletcher works on it too. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, it's so well done. It is. The scene, boom did like not holds power. He just knocks it out of the park. It's really great. Speaking of comics, though, I did pick up the Voltron Legendary Defender from because mm-hmm. the Lion Forge Comics booth was mm-hmm. that con this year. Yep. I think they're there every year anyway. But this is the first time like I actually got something from their booth because I really fell in love with Voltron Legendary oh, Defender. It's so good. So if you haven't seen it on Netflix yet, do that. Mm-hmm. Pause this now. Yeah, go watch go, it. Go spend like a day and a half, watch it all, mm-hmm. and then come back and listen to where I left off because it is such a great – I mean, speaking of really good teamwork, it's such a great teamwork show. Mm-hmm. And at Comic-Con, they announced that we are getting our season two, yes. and it's going to happen at the end of the year. Oh, God. Yeah, end it, of this year. Like, yes. we're going to get it. I like in, in, I know that yeah, they just said later on this year. They didn't give us a date. So, like, think, like, maybe, you know. Late October, early November. Late October, yeah. Late October, November. Which tells uh, me that they filmed, they probably did 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. And then chopped it in half. That's what yeah, I'm thinking that it probably skewed the way Thunderbirds Are Go mm-hmm. did it. Where I think in other countries it, they have like 24 episodes. Yeah. But what's available on Amazon now is like 12. Yeah. And, and that's, so that's, that's ours. That's that's the U.S. season one, and then season two is the second half of those 24 episodes, mm-hmm. and then season three would be whatever they make. After whatever they're making next year. Yeah. Um. And so, and again, speaking of Thunderbirds Are Go, they were also there. At the Amazon booth, not Amazon booth, the Amazon tent mm-hmm. outside of the con with the next and, man in the high castle stuff. Yeah, which is I I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually do because it is a Netflix original, a oh, Netflix original, uh, Amazon Video original, which I get. Mm. But why would you want to experience Nazi America? Because you know? well, it's 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 the what if. Especially there there's a lot of people obsessed with the. I'm one of those guys. It's like it's the. It's the what if, like, what happened. Like, especially, like, the, the whole, like, because if we lost, we don't just lose to Germany, we lose to Japan, too, and what would happen that's with true. that, and stuff like that. So that that's where it always, that's where it always comes in. Like, believe me, I've sat around with a bunch of dudes that are, like, war nuts, and I'm like, so what if mm-hmm. happened? Like, what if they, what if Hitler did one? It's like, well, Hitler's gonna, he, he'd probably hang out, you know, he'd probably let Japan do their thing for a couple of years, but he wouldn't let, like, there would be a, war, a second war, and, like, it, it, that's, that's where all that mm-hmm. comes from. 
is yeah i i totally fair mm-hmm. i totally agree with that mm-hmm. i just because we were if you had a press badge you were lucky enough to kind of ask for a press preview yeah. before everybody else did which is really cool and so since we've tokenet has covered uh the numbers are go and namely because of how much it influences just japanese tokusatsu miniature sets mm-hmm. and and things like that in general like that kind of uh, uh uh filmmaking in general thunderbirds and like anderson really inf- helped influence that and how big it is and and things like that so that's why tokenet covers it yeah. and so we were like definitely we want to go to the thunderbirds our go booth or tent i really want to go mm-hmm. um <laughs> and i'll tell you about that in a second as we stepped out um <laughs> the lady was there like, hey, do you want to see Man in the High Castle? And I'm like, ah, I'm okay. I'm, I really don't want to get beaten up for being, in, like, you know, to, to get some information out of me. I'm I'm quite all right. And I didn't mean it that rudely, but I'm all like, no, our outlet is really just focused on this. We're okay. Because we're, and that's true, we're hyper-focused on, on Toku. But the Thunderbirds are go tent was a real treat, especially if you are a fan of Tokusatsu-esque filmmaking and miniature work Mm -hmm. because they had a one-to-one scale of thunderbird 2 which is the uh kind of freight train freight train freighter yeah thunderbird um and And there was a one-to-one scale so you could sit you could sit in it Mm -hmm. and then you could look out into a one to three hundred scale miniature set nice it was very cool Awesome. And the the treat I would say even more so was that Ben Wilson, which is one of the production designers on the show, who works for Weta mm-hmm. and 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 things like that, was there to kind of walk us through the whole experience. So he was talking about the production value. He was talking about like the materials that it used for that building. Um, I got to briefly chat with him and ask him, like, you know, what other weird stuff have you used? And he's like, oh, we've used Chinese takeout boxes. I've used a cheese grater. I've used, like, Dyson vacuum tubes to create really interesting shapes for buildings um, and stuff like that. So he was really great to talk to. Uh, and while you were there in that booth, you get to take pictures with the one-on-one scale characters. And you could also take a picture of uh, you being rescued by Scott Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> like you could like they put like a green screen on the floor and you're holding on to do this one-to-one model of scott tracy like hanging on as if you're falling and it's basically you falling off of a crane in a building <laughs> it was really cool <laughs> so that was a really fun experience oh well, that's awesome I, I i only saw the posters I've, I've been slightly following that because mm-hmm. I, there's part of me that's like oh, i love but it's it's what cg and the miniatures, right? Is that how they're doing? Yes, and it's really seamlessly done. Like I've seen all the episodes um, on on Amazon on my Amazon Video account, and it's really it's really well done. Uh, and the thing about like when when Ben Wilson was talking about it is like they do a really good job about like say they have an interior set, mm-hmm. and what they would do in terms of like blending in the CG elements to the actual physical set. Is that sometimes when it comes to things like opening doors, they would use like a really small wire string mm-hmm. um, or thin string to like pull on it, and then the motion traction from both the string and the door, the animation guys would track that so well, so it really looks like the characters actually opening or closing the door. Uh, so, so things like that. Miniature detail. Uh, that's that that right there. That's one of the key elements of why of why we love the stuff we love. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, and he really did talk about like the really strong. As much as people would get, have given gripe mm-hmm. about 
the CG elements in just the the physical details. Like it really does give that kind of extra sheen of realism because you can, there's some motion. Uh, and they'll they'll do really good nods to the original series where sometimes, like there was one scene where Lady Penelope, uh, in the show was opening up a compact and they actually use real hands mm-hmm. to show that even though they could have easily CG'd it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like a brief moment. I'm like, this is fantastic. So, you know, yeah, they n- n- they nice, blended the seamlessly well. Nice little nods. Well, mm-hmm. um. So any 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 other fascinating things before we jump into the news that came oh, that came out of Comic Con? Um, there was also I mean in terms of like well I'm actually curious what you, if there was anything that you've done like that was just around that's like very Tokusatsu esque because I know most of the stuff that we focused on or that I I went after was like you know Thunderbirds are Go Tent the Power Ranger stuff. Uh, there was a lot of like artists. I mean, Thomas Perkins was there. Mm-hmm. Xander Cannon was there, um, and they were like cover. They've like I said, Thomas Perkins. Uh, we highlighted him for his work in animation mm-hmm. and the Godzilla cartoon. So he was there signing his new sketchbook and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things that I really would encourage everyone not to miss out on in terms of Comic Con stuff because sometimes when you think about you know oh. I didn't get to see so-and-so in this panel. I'm like, they might be there, just hanging out in Artist Alley. I, I found that out the hard way about f- seven, actually, no, going on about eight years ago. So <laughs> uh, after Hellboy came out, which mm-hmm. actually, wait, oh, God, this is going on a decade now. That's uh, Oof. Um, for the longest time, two years in a row, I was like, I want to meet Mike McNoll. I had all these Hellboy graphic novels. I wanted to get him signed. It was every time at the Dark Horse booth, ticket it, ticket it. I'm walking out like Friday one night. It's it's 6:55, and all of a sudden I stop because I see all this Hellboy stuff towards Artist Alley. I turn, he's sitting right there sketching. So I walk mm-hmm. up, I'm like, Mr. McNally's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, this is my booth. Are you signing stuff? Yeah, you got stuff to sign. Yeah, does it charge anything? Like, no, but if you want to buy something, I would greatly appreciate it. And he's been there every year ever since. I'm like, I've been pulling my hair out for two years in a row mm-hmm. trying to meet you. It's like, I look, look don't – I have a stack of books. like, that's fine. I've had guys bring me boxes to sign. So, And that's the thing. Like, Art Adams is the same way. He's, he's hang, He hangs out, like, two booths over right next to Bruce Tim every year. And mm-hmm. I went by there, and for those who don't know, Art Adams – one of the the most famous Godzilla artists in in, in American uh, pop culture on that on that our side, like most famously, he worked for Dark Horse in their heyday, uh, doing a lot of stuff for them. And when they got the Godzilla license, he did a lot of their covers. And he did a whole color special for them. The thing is, is he's super detailed. So he works very slow. He yeah. had some delicious prints there. I'm just like, I don't have money for this stuff right now. My goal one year <laughs> is to get him to do an original, but it's like. Three, four hundred dollars, but I watched yeah. the man work. He he does. He makes magic with a pen. Yeah, Artist Alley is one of the kind of the unsung heroes at most cons. Mm-hmm. And um, later on in Tokenet, we're after Power Ranger, uh, Power Morphicon is over. We're doing our regular yearly con wrap up, and which I happily invite you to come join us. Oh, I'll come. Um, on. I warn you, I, I yap. You you, you found that <laughs> you found that the hard way last year. Um, but. It's okay. A lot of our other podcasters also are very talkative, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> myself included. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And and yeah, I, I really feel like Arizawa is very much the unsung heroes of Comic Con or just the convention in general, because you would do you I mean I had to make time to talk to Xander Cannon who writes and creates uh, Kaiju Max for Oni Press. Oh yes, and he's just hanging out there on his um, at Artist Alley. Uh, I was very happy to talk to him uh, for Oni Press, and Ka- they're doing amazing stuff for Kaiju Max. Oh, they are. Um, it's so good. I can't. I can't sing that. You can't sing the praises high enough. Yeah, like I, I freaking love love that series. Like, and it's much darker than you think it is. But that's <laughs> yeah. what I really like about it. It's, seemed, it's like, it's oh, seemed, it's so, cutesy kaiju. Yeah, I'm like, oh, not, the cutesy kaiju is shanking you, Taylor. Oh god, there's like, a lot. Yeah, it's like Oz uh, through the eyes. That's exactly of, what it is. Yeah, yeah that's it's exactly. Oz through the eyes of a kid watching a giant monster movie. Mm-hmm. And the people like it makes you watch. Ultraman a little differently. Oh god, so many, so many. Really does, because you know. And again, I, I, I honestly believe that you can have a very now the way both with Power Rangers and Kaiju just being like finally getting its due in terms of how it's represented in comics. It's it's more than just like a tiny niche thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still a pretty niche thing, but it's like people are paying attention to it more now. You probably definitely do a whole podcast series just on like Tokusatsu esque inspired comics oh, because believe me, I got And they were <laughs> and they were definitely in represented well. I gotta ho- I gotta hook you up with uh, Livio Ramondelli. Please. Do you, you know who he is? Names he, he, about. he does he does the um the art for IDW's Transformers. But he does those very painted, uh, the real right. painted like they look like. Um, I, I call him the uh, the Drew Struzan of Transformers because that's how he <laughs> does his stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. he does. He's got a wide swath of that stuff, and it is beautiful. I got I got to get you guys hooked up because I'm gonna do one of those art uh, the artist spotlights. This is a guy you got to get on. So yep, <laughs> like let me at him. Like I would 100 percent love send, to do that. I'll, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you his way. All right. Well, right. you know, what? let's talk about some of the news that came out. Yes. So, well, there's some big things that came out of Comic-Con. Uh, first things first, Legendary had their panel on Saturday. Well, Warner Brothers and Legendary, to say mm-hmm. the least, because technically they work with Universal now. But mm-hmm. um, they were there promoting the second movie in their new series of kaiju-related films. And that movie was Kong Skull Island. And uh, <laughs> I do believe it started off the... Um, the Warner Brothers panel on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you had that. I think there was uh, the uh, the Harry Potter spinoff, and then there was all the 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 Justice Fantastical League. Beasts. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Fantastic Beasts. And then after that, it was Wonder Woman and Justice League. Yeah, up the wazoo. By the way, Wonder Woman trailer, fantastic. Oh my God, my concurrent aesthetics is just Wonder Woman leaving the trench I, every day. <laughs> All day. Getting That's... up, shield out, and just getting ready to murder. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, again, I wish it wasn't, like, all about the sword, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that. I have waited too long not to have a Wonder Woman movie. Also, uh, speaking of Wonder Woman, the Justice League mm-hmm. trailer, I'm a little more excited about it. It's um, a sizzle reel of anything. They've only been filming for three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Which what I like, impressive. too, is that I, I, I really do... Was the memes that came out of uh, Jason Momoa's uh, f- <laughs> five gum commercial? Yeah, 
Because if you've ever seen those five gum commercials where this is how it feels to yeah. chew five gum. Yes. And it's like the most stupidly ridiculous intense moment. It's mm-hmm. based somebody tweeted out the gif of him being splashed by water and it's like this is how it feels to chew five, five gum. gum yes there's, there's I'm like this is the best yeah, there's i a love whole, there, there are there are vines there's vines that people do with those or when vine uh. was a thing they someone put a compilation there's one that i whenever i'm feeling like crap i pull it up and it makes me laugh no matter it, it no matter how bad i'm at it's the how does it feel to chew five gum? and there's just some some idiotic kid who runs headfirst into his uh, bedroom door and just breaks right through it? Oh, like it just dear. cracks in half, and it's it's stupid as hell. But I cannot but help but laugh. But yeah, the the Justice League like trailer definitely definitely had its gems. Um, but yeah, but in terms of Skull Island, Skull Kong, Island. yes. Well, uh, it stars the future Captain Marvel. It does. It, it well, it's got Captain Mar- future Captain Marvel in it. It's got Loki in it. Got Loki in it. And Nick Fury. Which I and I don't know which accent he uses, and I would like to know. I so would I. Yeah, we haven't heard him talk yet. I got a feeling it's going to be some sort of American accent. So that's, that's the thing is, though, that's what I was. Wor- I th- I'm assuming that too. And when I I didn't get to obviously, but was, I wasn't obviously there at Hall H because no, yeah, <laughs> uh, no to that line. Uh, but yeah, when I watched the trailer afterwards, like my friends and I were just like, my first question, he's like, oh yeah, Skull Island the trailer came out, la la la. My very first question was, which accent does he have? <laughs> and after the whole like minute and a half of it, I was like, we still don't know. The man does not speak. There's only Why? Two, only two people speak in that whole trailer. It's John Goodman. Yeah. And it's Samuel L. Jackson, and that's it. You see, you see, uh, you see Tom Hiddleston shoot a Gatling gun out of a Triceratops skull, which now I want to do that for some reason in real life. I just want to just... I just want to shoot a gun out of a Triceratops skull. I don't know why I need to do that now, but now I have to. And uh, you see pretty much... it. it look, if, I, I like... I, li- I really like Peter Jackson's King Kong movie, mm. but I've been of the mindset that this story's been told three times now. And there's much more to Kong than the, you know, Beauty and the Beast story. Mm-hmm. And seeing this, pretty much it's like, th- yes, this is all yes. I want. I just wanted some savagery and people trying to survive it. Yeah, and- I think that's that was what I was very happy about. That it's not mm-hmm. the city, him rampaging the city again. It's no. really just raising hell and yeah. people just trying to deal with it. And he, everyone, um, everyone is out of their element. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I, that's what I, what I'm looking forward and to. And the, the, and the, the, the whole, it has a very apocalypse now aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. With uh, especially that there's there's two moments in which uh, I have I they're my they're my one of them is my uh, my screensaver right now. It's Kong. It's the helicopters. And you get that brief glimpse of Kong waiting, like just foot in that lake that he's standing in. You're like. Oh, he's massive. And then you get that ha- bloody handprint on the side of the mountain. It's like, okay, so he is going to be as big as Godzilla. And God only knows what else is on that island. They show you the giant spider briefly in the in the trailer, too. So, mm-hmm. my like, we know. There's a big there's a big ape now, and he stands upright like the original Kong, mm-hmm. which I love. I just want to know, it's like, what else is he going to be fighting in there now? That's That's the only thing that was like... Mm. It's coming out in March. Give us a little more. It's closer than than next year. 
like just a little bit more like titillizing because the thing is they've made it known that a this is tied into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. This goes directly into this is going to go directly into King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, now, it's it's uh, Godzilla two will come out the year after two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. and then the Godzilla versus got, Kong will come out twenty twenty. Yes, actually that got pushed back to February of. Uh, 2019 now. So mm. Legendary has this next year, next March, and then after that's Pacific Rim 2, then Godzilla 2, mm-hmm. and then Kong and Godzilla. So, but this is setting all this takes place in the 70s, so this sets up. And the thing is, I've already I've watched it a bunch of times because I'm a freak like that. I they have no mentioned they have mentioned that the Monarch group that they created that um, Ken Watanabe's uh, Doctor Sarazawa was part of in the first one, mm-hmm. the original movie. I got. The way that they're wording it, knowing that, it looks like John Goodman is part of that group. Especially <sighs> when the whole, like, I've been trying to prove for years that monsters exist. I think that's how they're tying it all in. Like, we're going to get the settle, like, Marvel hints whenever Marvel drops. Like, you know, like, hey, I know this guy. His name's Stephen Strange. Like, ooh, he said it. You know, that means he's coming. That kind of thing. <laughs> it already looks like they're doing that. And if I, from what I know of Thomas Tall, this is, like, his, like, like childish dream come true is to do both of these things. So... And I, the only reason Warner Brothers said yes is like we're gonna we can do it we can have five universes now we can have monsters Harry Potter and comic books out there yeah why not get more money throw more money at it give us more King Kong <laughs> so I am very happy and not only that I love Brie Larson I absolutely adore her so mm-hmm. I will watch anything that she's in and the fact that it's got John Goodman and and freaking uh, Samuel like nothing could go like this movie. Kong could just be sitting there scratching his butt for, for 55 <laughs> minutes, and I will love it because it's just got all the elements that I need that I already mm. want out of it. So, mm-hmm. oh, I cannot wait. It's a good trailer. It's a very good trailer. It's a very it, promising trailer. And if you notice, Warner Brothers did not beat around the bush. They released everything that they showed in that in, in their panel too. Mm-hmm. Like I think they learned their lesson last year from uh, uh, Suicide Squad. It's just like I just screw it, just put it out like a few minutes later. And, yeah, it, it it seems to help them a lot more. Like, cause so far everything they got was positive reaction. So I, yeah, they really do need that, which it's pretty cool. So, well, as a, as a slight aside, um, what you want to call it? You have now that Disney basically ate up ma- like the two major franchises in terms of movie verse. Yeah, is that you have Disney and Marvel both have great have created enough of attraction with all their things to hold their own they don't have to wait for hall h no you know what i mean and so it would be a lot wiser Mm -hmm. for studios no matter what they do to just be as forthcoming with and forthcoming with all the good things that they're doing you know don't just don't just throw something just just because you know you can i mean Mm -hmm. my baseline for anything has always been like what if you just tried yeah um, you know, and so and that speaks a lot. So it would be very forthcoming for most studios, and Warner Brothers definitely learned that is to be more, is to to show what they have, and just to kind of just lay it all out there, um, because that's what people are waiting outside in line for, mm-hmm. and things like that. And next year, uh, we are gonna get, right? We are gonna get the D twenty. Is it next year? D twenty three. The D twenty three. Yeah. And <laughs> I did last year. I did AX and Comic Con back to back, and out and and oof, never yeah. again. 
end of three weekends in a row. AX, D23, and Comic Con. Uh, do you dare? Do you dare do it? Because next uh, year, D- it, AX is going five days officially next year, too. I know. <laughs> do you have what it takes? I don't think so. I almost died this year. I part of me really wants to accept that challenge. Like I'm, I kind of do too. Like just as a there's always part of me that's like I just want to check out D23 because like, D23 as much as I love now. Disney, um, it's it's, it's I, I do it pump the brakes a little bit on how no it's not like I'm too old. I fucking love Disney. And I do pump the brakes on like I gotta pick like an IP and stick with it. Otherwise I'll just go broke. <laughs> <laughs> and I've chosen Sailor Moon and Tokusatsu, and mm. that's it. <laughs> Well, the beauty about D twenty three is it's not a um, it's but um, yeah, I just wanted like to check out D twenty three just to check it out. Yeah. Like it was, I wasn't even there to cover anything. Yeah, for me, and especially for me who does work at conventions now, it's mm-hmm. like my job. If I could just go to a convention just to fucking go, mm-hmm. I will be more than happy to go. Like that's what I'm looking for. I got tickets to Califray by the grace of <laughs> <laughs> my romantic partner. Mm-hmm. We got tickets to Galifrey one. And I'm so excited, mainly because I don't have to do anything. You I could just, just go. And you can enjoy. Yeah. And that's, so that's why I want to go D23. And now I'm like, do I want to? Will I die? Do it, just do a day. If you do Friday, probably be best because you're not going to be there when everyone's going to be there for the movie panel stuff. Right. That'd be the best day to go. Because last year, the last one they really showed, it's like, okay, we're taking this serious. We are bring, we are busting out. All, all the stops for it. Not only that, but they had that addictive card uh, search. They, they, they had a um, uh, like a card, uh, like a collector card thing they were doing that I got hooked oh, yeah. on, like, like, like a junkie. So no, Disney is real good about in terms of releasing exclusives and games and you know rewarding. They're very rewarding, yeah. which makes me a little scared at how too rewarding they are. Mm-hmm. Because holy lord, <laughs> such... I will do anything. They were. They started the pin game before the pin game was a damn thing. Oh yeah, no, like, they they are on. they are the OG when it comes to all that stuff. Like they put yeah. they put Comic Con to shame when it comes to like their exclusive things. <laughs> like yo, Hasbro, you got your little booth out. Oh, that's fine. We have five, <laughs> and they're all impossible to get into. Just like as an aside, I had a friend of mine like ask me. He's like, oh hey, you're going to Comic Con. Do you want to like wait in line for me for something like that? I'm like, well, okay, which booth were you thinking about? Because I've I've bought stuff for my friends at Toki Doki. I bought stuff for my friends at like different vinyl places, and so it's not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, I want to go to Hasbro. I'm like, yeah, good fuck luck. and no. Good luck. Like, mm-mm. Good luck. You pay people to go yep. and wait for you at Hasbro. Uh-uh, I'm not going because <laughs> I have to wait. Oh, if I have to wait overnight for Hall H, it's worse. For exhibit hall. That's that's exactly like, my but my buddy did that this year. Like he's like, like might be my last year. I'm gonna do the wait thing. He got tickets. We we hustled. Like I, oh, it's, God it, bless and him. we're we're toy guys too. Like yeah, yeah. We used to pull this hustle back when we didn't have the money to do it, and he really got in some deep 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 water a few about mm-hmm. a decade ago, and he's like never again. But now he's like, I got some money to play with. I'm, I I want to give it a chance, and mm-hmm. th- I'll put a picture up in the show notes. But he got enough. We maxed out all of our badges on everything we could get <laughs> and um let's just say a pretty penny was made off of off of ebay but <laughs> we 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 laid everything on on his bed to get like a shot of it it covered the bed and went up about three feet oh. we were deep in star wars toys it was ridiculous <laughs> it was sickening to a point but it was yeah. just like when you're a toy guy like us you're just like yes it's like we had just shot 
like 19 freaking like endangered rhinos and proudly oh. held them up <laughs> like the douchebags that we were because it's like people look at this like you're nuts you're nuts but there's that itch they're like I, I don't even want this stuff I just wanted to get it and I that, get that yeah and that that that's the that was the whole point it's like I don't need another Obi-Wan figure but I had to get it though but now some guy in now some guy in Tuscaloosa can can enjoy it because I bequeath it to him. But I got I got the the hunt itch out of us. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. There were a lot of that was going on. Believe me, I, I I I was doing a lot of that myself this year. Because it was just like I don't have any panels outside of Adult Swim. I'm gonna go spend some money, and uh, yeah. I, I spent only about a hundred bucks on myself, and I bought a few things. And you know what? It's paying for a few other trips. Let's just say <laughs> that. So. But, uh, oh my god, thing- I bought so much for myself. <laughs> well, I, the, all the stuff that I bought, I posted it on my... Because I, I told myself I would be really, really conservative with what I bought. I definitely dropped about a couple hundred dollars. Mm. But it was between comic books, basically every variant possible yeah. from Boom Studios. Yeah. And, and some of those um, were cheap. They're like 20 25 they got smart to They got real smart to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Like originally, those were like ten bucks a pop, and like, oh, that's cool. Then like, oh, they're going for like forty on eBay. Okay, we're gonna raise them up a little bit more. Yeah, they definitely raised it, yeah. um, which surprised me a little, but also did it because I was like, ah, we are doing yeah. con exclusives. Yes. Um, but the the big the big draw for Boom was their uh, Steven Universe zines, which mm-hmm. are only five bucks, but there was only two hundred and fifty of them. Which that makes it that even even sweeter. Yep. So, oh my so god. Sweeter. And then yeah, I. I almost forgot. I, I no, personally, I forgot to get it, and then I immediately like texted my friends, going, "Oh my god, get this for me now!" <laughs> so I got all three of the gems, and I'm very happy. Very nice. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, so I, it was like a lot of shopping mm. for that. One of the biggest news, though, that did come out of Comic Con was that Funimation was going to release Shin Godzilla in subbed English when it's released here. Like they're the ones releasing. The movie. Much speculation. My, were you in that panel? I wasn't. Oh. I was, which I was a, kind of slightly upset about, mainly mm-hmm. just because, like, who knew? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, there was, there because there was the whole, we've covered it on here, I think, once or twice, but there was the whole, that New World Pictures was claiming they had the rights, and then they're like, well, no, we don't have the rights, and now everyone's like, so what's going on here? And I, I, I'm not saying I I knew I I had a suspicious feeling that Funimation would have been the front runner if they were if this was going to get brought out here because especially mm. with what they've been doing with after Attack on Titan it kind of made sense right yeah did like it's another you know Shinji Aguchi's other film Ano it's like if it covers all of our bases mm-hmm. and not only that, they announced this over any anything Dragon Ball Super related too there was. They did two major shows back to back. Not one word out of Dragon Ball Super, which I'm just like, <laughs> what? Uh, where are you saving this? We know you have it. Just tell us when. When will you release it here? And no, the funny part about they didn't even talk about that at Expo. You no, would think something like this they would talk about at Expo. Exactly. I'm like at okay, Anime Expo. So yeah, I'm, I thought they were gonna announce it there. It's like okay, we got the rights. We're gonna start dubbing it. It'll hit. It'll hit. Uh, it, you know, Toonami. You know, in six months. Yeah, nothing. but nothing. Nothing. And they're like 60 episodes in already. I'm like, okay, you're getting deep in... What's going on? Like, what what is going on here? And they're like... I, my, because my, my buddy went to that panel. He's like, I'm expecting some Dragon Ball. Because they didn't announce it at, at AX. I'm hoping they're saving it for here. No, but then he texted me the second they announced 
Shin Godzilla's like, hey, they're gonna release. I'm like, I'm going walking to my car at this point. I'm like, son of a bitch! I knew it. Like, the part of me is like, okay, good. But you know why? Because it's not. They they know how to minimize the risk on a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. They know exactly who they're aiming for, but it won't it won't it'll be limited, but it won't be so limited that like if you're living in like Wichita, Kansas, you won't be able to get to see it. Like they'll do like what they did with Attack on Titan. They did like a mm-hmm. two week run and it wasn't every day. It was only like three showings a day. Mm-hmm. And they it was specifically Funimation so they'll have their whole little encapsulated thing. So there won't even be previous it was all I'll be marketing. I'm like, good. You know why? Because then we'll get decent subtitles. They'll take right. care of it real well, and everybody will get a chance to see it. And the fact that they're also keeping the Shin Godzilla name, they're not releasing it as Godzilla Resurgence, where mm-hmm. it's getting released, and in many other territories, it's being released here as Shin Godzilla, which was kind of surprising to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm I'm guessing that because I'm guessing Independence Day Resurgence probably had a little to do with that. So maybe. Yeah, and they're probably like, nah, we already had one resurgence move. Let's just call it Shin Godzilla. Sounds a little more, a little more Japanese. I think people will respect it a little more that way too. So yeah, and since Godzilla is just like anybody who's anybody who's gonna go watch it or has has known about the show, basically everybody listening to his podcast, yeah, uh, knows that yeah. about the title. Yeah, and so and this is the people you want to reach, especially with such a limited engagement. Mm. And, and and stuff like that. So you're st- you're talking about like you were in your car, getting into your car. I was in my hotel, mm-hmm. tired as hell. It the announcement, you know, came out <laughs> July twenty first, so that's like Thursday. Yes. Came out Thursday. And oh my god. It was basically I was so tired from my day from, from doing any coverage and I was doing and I also did some like uh professional development stuff at the library. Mm-hmm. Um I get home. I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about. I just have to prepare for interviews on Friday. Mm-hmm. Got this. I'm in our our internal communications stuff mm-hmm. on Tokenet, and I see the news breaks channel pop up, and I'm all like, Hey, Paula, were you at this panel? I'm like, No. No. Nope. What the fuck? No. Nobody. Nobody. Knew. My my friend was just there out of happening because he's like he was expecting Dragon Ball. And he, because he wrote me, right. like, hey, they got a trailer. I'm like, did it look like this? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's the second trailer that just came out like four days before, like uh, two days before we got there. Because mm-hmm. Toho, like, waited for, like, we didn't even talk. Like, our last show we did was talking about the possible, like, release. I think it was, no, we were two shows behind on the, uh, on the first trailer. So April's the first trailer. We were a week out. Like it was the day after G Fest when that second trailer dropped. I'm like, yeah, oh. the second trailer dropped like July 19th. Yeah, and so this news came out July 21st. So it's literally like almost less than a week. Yeah, so, a little over a week. And yeah, so I'm just like, wow, okay. So, it, it, at least now it's a lot of people's fears are settled. They're like, okay, we're going to get to see it. We're not. It's sooner than later too. Mm-hmm. Um, they also finally announced when freaking the Attack on Titan movies are coming out on DVD. Coming out in October, <laughs> a whole year after they released them in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what took so long on that? So, but at least, <laughs> at least fears are now tepid on that end. Now, whether or not people are going to like the movie is going to be a whole other thing, especially from some drunken rumors I heard at G Fest where people are already <laughs> being bitchy about it. I'm just like, 
Dude, you haven't even seen the movie. You don't know of anything you're talking about. You, some people, are, I think, were just talking out their ass, but mm. from from some of the reports, there is some modem of truth to, I think, some of the things, and that's where it's coming out of, but mm-hmm. from the initial reviews, because the premiere happened last night as we were talking. Right. So there's three industry reviews out. They're non-spoilery, but they do describe the film as a political thriller. So yes. go in thinking that so it's exactly what I thought it would be when they announced Anno I'm like oh this is going to get real there's going to be a lot of like um, There's a, it's going to be very m- many layered yeah it's going to be very very layered and it's probably going to have a lot of symbolism in it for probably the, the, the 2011 earthquake and all kinds of that mm-hmm. there's going to be like ton- and a lot of gratuitous military shots too tons <laughs> of gratuitous military shots so pretty much in that mindset and you should be fine so just remember there are 29 other movies you can all changing them up every once in a while doesn't hurt anything so whether or not you actually like it is going to be another thing but don't think if it's going to be one thing and then it's going to be another thing what I find as an interesting aside is that whenever people I do hear you know, particularly in our fandom and Tokusatsu fandom in, in, in particular, both on the Henshin Hero side and the Kaiju side, mm-hmm. um, is that they're, it's so... It's really boring mm-hmm. to just act like a normal person just go, just wait till you see it. Yeah. There's no discussion. There's no, It's very boring to do that. God forbid you talk about things that, you know, other than fandom mm-hmm. to actually get to know another person yeah. or <laughs> talk about the fandom parts that you do like. But it, it does make for a very boring conversation when you really just have to go, eh, just go see it. You yeah. don't have to get argumentative about it. Just yeah. go see it. Yeah. And then argue about it the, yeah. after you've seen and it. And base it on its merits, not base it on a bunch of hearsay. Yeah, like, I've I've been yelling about this. Like for, I yelled about this like last episode, I think when uh, when Gareth it was announced Gareth Edwards dropped out of Godzilla mm-hmm. Two, which I saw coming a mile away after he signed up for Star. Like, there's no way in hell he's gonna go turn around and do another massive studio film after yeah, doing do two back to back. And I'm like, good. But you know why? Because I'm all I'm much more for uh, if you're doing a series that a director really doesn't have like unless it's like Nolan where he. he he, like he's doing his own version of Batman from the mm-hmm. ground up. Like you don't need to keep bringing the same same guy back every time. Like it's the Michael Bay syndrome. Michael <laughs> Bay did not need to do Transformers three, four, and now five. Like really one and two were fine. Like and I I legitimately like one. I still think one is a good movie, but it, the series really d- did need like okay, we need someone else's eye in here. It's just Paramount's afraid that if they pull. Bay away, nobody's going to come watch these movies. It's like, you're missing the point. People like the robot. The kids especially love the robots. You can get somebody else to come in. Like a Pete Burke could come and do it. And he would do a fine job doing it. So. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just, it's a lot of like, it's very, yeah, like I said, it's pretty boring to be, you know, the normal person, yeah. no, so to speak, and not and not be argumentative about something very minuscule. being uppity being an uppity fan about it. I'm just like, <laughs> look, we live in an age where we have both an American and a Japanese one within yes. like 16 months of each other and you're not happy. What is it going to take? Like, it's, it's, where, it's one of those things where I love where geek culture is just in general now mm-hmm. where you could actually just be okay with picking and choosing things when they're bad or when you don't like them. Huh. And it's great. 
exactly. We are living in a golden age, a golden <laughs> age, and yet still not sat. People are still not satisfied. Like no, no, no it should have been this, or you know, like people, people who hate like the 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 the, the legendary movies. Like oh, I thought there, yeah, he thought Godzilla. Oh, I love like, the legendary movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like especially yeah, after too. multiple viewings, like. This mm -hmm. is pretty much a. This is the '70s. Like this is an early Showa era Godzilla movie, just done mm -hmm. on a budget. It's fantastic. Like he was. Mm -hmm. in, I'm like, how, was, is Godzilla supposed to be in every moment of screen time? They're building something, and they delivered on it too. And we're getting more. That just be a little patient, and you know what? <laughs> be a little grateful. It, yeah. Like, what the, I do like. What I do like about just things in general, where uh, they build up to. Because sometimes you know, action exhaustion is a thing. Yeah. Like, you get exhausted watching things, you know, blow up every time yeah. or always have the same view of Godzilla over time. What I liked about it, that it actually reached a very big climax. And when you got that major kaiju fight, that's all you saw for the last bit of that movie. Exactly. And that's what I'm hoping also for <laughs> a new one. And, and, and or rather, I just want, I want to see this new take on it from a Japanese point of view. Yes. And I'm really looking forward to that. And it's already interesting enough, especially with the design and the fact that we know that he's got a purple ray. And there's a rumor about the ray coming out of somewhere else. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> it was really funny. On the floor of, convent of the exhibit hall, yeah. they had models of the Shin Godzilla mm -hmm. around. I, I forget which booth it is, unfortunately. Nika, it may have been the Bluefin booth. Yeah, Bluefin, because they got one coming out. And mm -hmm. Nika revealed the prototypes that they're working on. He's upstairs. huge. Yes. Huge. I have a picture. I'll I'll send you the picture of it. Okay. Um, and to post on the show notes if you like. He's freaking huge. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Massive. It was like it was it was basically my, the size of my torso, and I'm up I'm I'm five foot tall. Mm -hmm. I'm not that big, <laughs> but if it takes up like half my torso, I'm like, yo, this is like one to one scale for me. <laughs> you know. It's yeah. It's not only for the tails like. Ha like double the size of the body too. Yeah, I, and I already yeah. like and the fact. I was that, so scared of bumping into that tail as I was taking pictures of it in like a super crowded exhibition hall. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing that came out too, like the official word from Toho as of last week, it's not a suit. There's no suit acting in the new film at all. Mm -hmm. There's it's a puppet and CG. And if that's it's, right. And if that's mostly CG, then kudos because now I can, I can officially say that Japan is now finally catching up with us mm. like they're they're like it still looks like a, if, it, if it's cg that looks like a suit then it's done its job and mm -hmm. it's doing its job very well so mm. it, i mean look there's been a lot of stuff japan's been released in the last 10 years especially based on you know manga films or mangas and stuff like that that had you're like oh this needed about another 10 million dollars that they were never going to have <laughs> but they're now figuring it out and they it looks like they found a way and to do and it all it took was one of the biggest innovators in anime to finally do it too so i mean if that's what it takes that's what it takes that's what it takes all right i have kept poor paula up for so long now this was supposed to be a quickie <laughs> episode and we're now at an hour and a half so i do apologize. i mean we had a lot to me we had a lot to get to and honestly you and i haven't talked in this capacity no we ever, have, ever, and, uh, and the, unless been, like you're on our podcast and it, I've asked you these things. Yes, and you know what? I've I've been wanting to get you on for the longest time. So you know what? <laughs> I, I I've, once we hit like the forty, I'm like screw it. I 
we're gonna go full on because I've I've been wanting to get Paul on here for forever. So, oh, thanks. Yes, it's been it's been a good it's been over a year since the Ultraman incident. So I, I've been like, <laughs> you gotta come on, you gotta come on, because I I've been yeah. like I've been pushing for like an all girl episode too. Like I just want like, <sighs> I want you and Jessica to sit down and like pick each other's brains because I think that would make interesting pod. I think a lot of people out there would think the same thing too. So okay, I'll just I'm I'm not even I'll just I'll just I'll just put the recorder. I'm just gonna go outside. I'm not even I'm not even gonna be in the room. You guys just talk. You just talk. You just talk and you talk and it'll be great. So you'll need to hear my nasally voice drown over you guys. So so hopefully we can get you on later for that because yeah that's been something I've just been aiming for and I like to follow through with things. <laughs> okay. So on that note, Paula. Where can people go to find more of your work? Um, I am basically everywhere on the Tokusatsu Network. We are at tokusatsunetwork.com. Uh, we are also everywhere on the social media. We are at the Tokunet. Uh, we're also the Tokunet on Instagram. And we are, I think, Tokusatsu Network on Tumblr. And we also are really... What I really like about our channel is that we also have a very good YouTube channel, which has uh, interviews from your favorite tokusatsu henshin heroes. So we had uh, some Kyo Rangers on there. We had uh, some Die Rangers on there. We had Black Condor on there. Um, so you want to see any? If you want to hear anything about that, we're just search for the Tokusatsu Network on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We're also on a podcast, so we kind of have like this very multi media uh resource for you know all your tokusatsu needs um but yeah that's where you can find me and if you want to reach out to me personally i am just at the at polygatos on twitter and tumblr and i've i keep telling people to go there if you uh, if you like anything that we do they do it so much better over there at the toku net so <laughs> like they they're like they're legit so thanks oh very much like especially when it comes to to, like you guys are like knee deep. You're you're deep in the trenches. You're like Wonder Woman, getting out there and just like stabbing news left and right. So, oh, uh, that is possibly the best compliment I've heard this week. That's the best. That touches my heart. Thank you, Chris. Oh, you're welcome. I, I it wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. So, oh, thanks. Um, we, uh, on that note, like I said, Jessica and Mark are both in Japan. They won't be back for. Mm -hmm. They'll be back in a few weeks. When they do come back, we will have them on because they will be watching. They are actually watching Shin Godzilla about four hours from uh, our recording right now. So they'll be in with a full review of it. They're going to spoil it for me because <laughs> I already told Mark to text me the second. I had two questions, and I'll reveal them when I uh, when we do the episode. But he's going to text me the second he walks out of the theater to confirm my, uh, my predictions. So... <laughs> We'll have that. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yes. Oh, it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be fun times. And he knows there's no way out of it too. He's just like, damn. All right. He's he's looking forward to it. It's gonna be it'll be fun. We had we had some uh, we had some good times at G Fest. We will recap. Um, just kind of we'll recap G Fest. Uh, uh, in super depth probably in that episode. But before then, more than likely, I will be recapping it on your show. Yes. Which uh, what, what's the name of the, your podcast? Uh, we're, it's just the Tokusatsu Network podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you could you could search for it on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, we're also hosted on Podbean, and it's on our website. Basically, just anything you want to look for Tokusatsu Network related, Tokunet related, just look for the Tokusatsu Network. Mm -hmm. 
uh, on your favorite podcast, YouTube channel, social media platform. But yeah, we'll definitely have Chris on back for our full summer convention wrap-up, which will include G-Fest, which I definitely want to talk to you about, a little bit of San Diego Comic-Con, we'll talk about AX, uh, we got our folks over at Otacon Baltimore this year, Ooh. and Pyromorphicon, and that's oh, going to yeah. be happening two weeks from now. Closing out the summer, it's going to be good times. Yep. Okay, so, yeah. Powerful Matt Frank's going to be there, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have to catch up with Matt. So uh, As do I. I've been trying to get him and Chris on the show together. Mm-hmm. Kind of, That'll be great. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot lined up. We have um, – I also have a bunch of interviews. We, we recorded uh, a couple of uh, shows at G-Fest. So those will be released pretty soon. We talked with the uh, author and uh, artist from Big in Japan. Uh, we also have, mm-hmm. I haven't listened to it yet, but I also have the uh, Comic-Con panel, too, which will eventually go up sometime, too. We, we got some, it's going to get a little weird in the next few months, people, because Jessica's in Japan now, and then she's going back to Japan in October, and she'll be there for a little while. So, um, you're going to be hearing some stuff maybe out of order, or like, it's going to be a little, it, it, I date it's the bad word but it's going to be pre-recorded stuff so <laughs> technically all podcasts are pre-recorded but you know what i mean, I mean it's, going be, it's going to be a few weeks there's going to be a few weeks out so <laughs> paula thanks again for coming on oh, i thanks really for having appreciate it. this was fun we got to do it again when uh you're yeah. when you're uh your busy busy schedule is free so <laughs> you're free to come on anytime you want if you have especially if you need to show anything please just let us know of course. Thanks for having me again. All right. Well, on that note, that'll do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast for myself and Paula Gatos. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.